Hey guys, Dakota here, Squatch Risk. We are back with episode three, cross-border freight and trucking. We've got a lot to dive into today. As you can see, I got my notes, uh, but we're gonna have a pretty comprehensive guide to getting started in some cross-border stuff, how to get set up, regulations, all that good stuff. And uh, we're gonna have tons of resources linked in the description below. Uh, so let's dive into it, guys. So there's tons of opportunity in cross-border trucking. If you've done any research on it, it's a giant industry. Obviously, we know that. Uh, the the U.S.-Canada uh, border, there's about $40 billion in freight a year that goes across that border hauled by trucks. And the U.S.-Mexico border, about $49 billion. So substantial opportunity, a lot of a lot of things that you can get into, consistent work, um, and maybe maybe you're looking to grow and expand into that area. So uh, let's let's just get into it here, and maybe we can give you some tips and, and tricks to help you along the way. All right, guys, segment one, we're going to go over three things uh, that you need to know about shipping cross-border. And later on in the video, we're going to go step-by-step -step about documents and all that stuff. But these are the top three things that you need to know when you're getting started in cross-border trucking. Number one, you need to hire a customs broker. Um, so they, they're licensed to be that. And when it comes to, to cross-border trucking, things get pretty intricate. It's not your standard bill of ladings. It's not your standard regulations when it comes to hauling loads. There's a lot of intricate details that go into cross-border trucking and the freight that you're going to haul. Um, so Customs Border, they're going to do quite a few things for you. Uh, they're going to number one, they're going to advise you of proper documents you need for your shipment, right? And so uh, everything that you need, document-wise, to get across the border and not get held up there, a, bro a customs broker is going to handle a lot of that for you. Uh, they prepare entry forms for you as well. This is stuff that they should be doing. Not, if you have a customs broker, this is stuff that they should be doing. Uh, transmitting all documents and forms to customs agencies, managing payments for duties and taxes and fees, and retain and manage they all they, they retain and manage all the transaction records for several years in case of audits or inspections. So they maintain all of that stuff for you and help you know with the document and trails and all of that stuff that you need to have. And then the last thing that they'll do usually is they respond to any concerns pertaining to CBP or CBSA. And we'll get into a little bit about those acronyms later. But uh, they should maintain all of that stuff for you. They should maintain all those documents, keep records of all of those things. Uh, that's all stuff that they should help help you keep track of and keep records of a pro tip so not all customs brokers they, they don't maybe you haul specific products like pharmaceuticals or alcohol or tobacco or whatever it may be or oil or gas or autos um, food textiles but you want to try to find a broker that has experience with what you're hauling specifically and number two documentation is everything um, you're gonna have to have permits there's there's international permits there's tariffs there's taxes and and like I said we'll have resources for all of this in the description below um, but what's the number one most important thing that you can have and do whenever you're doing cross-border freight it's document 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 keep track of the records and keep track of all of that because if you don't it's gonna be a giant headache every time you try to cross the border you're gonna get you're gonna get hit with fines and fees and all kinds of stuff hours at the border driver setting there uh, so just make sure document 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 you want to have all of that stuff in order but obviously the number one thing if you hire a customs broker 
most of that should already be taken care of. Number three, you wanna choose a partner with proven success, whether that's a 3PL provider or a carrier that you link up with, whatever that partnership is, you wanna make sure that they have a track record of success in cross-border freight and trucking. And again, documentation is everything. You want a carrier or a partner that it, that you're gonna have, that they have great attention to detail, right? That they have all the documents, they know all the documents that you're gonna have to have um, that can make or break cross-border trucking in general. You wanna have good partnerships, a good broker, all of those things you want to have. Remember, uh, number one, documentation is everything. Number two, hire a customs broker. Three, choose a transport partner that is super experienced in that sector. All right, guys, segment two, uh, we're going to dive in. This is our step-by-step -step guide um, to, to cross-border trucking and processes and procedures. So um, we're going to dive into this pretty deep. Um, you know, and like I said, a lot of these resources are going to be linked in the description below. You can click on them. There's port of entries and regulations and all that kind of stuff that you can find. Um, but let's get into segment two here, step-by-step -step guide on procedures and processes for cross-border trucking. One, prepare the shipment. So you're obviously, if you're working in the U.S., you already have an EIN, you already have your business name, probably an LLC, all that good stuff. But if you're going across border, um, if before you can import or export anything, commercial goods, into or out of Canada, you have to obtain a business number. And that's essentially an EIN that we call here in the United States. But you have to require a business number for Canada. So this goes for businesses and individuals alike. You can get a BN, obviously, from the Canada Revenue Agency. We'll link that in the description below as well. And they will set up an import-export account for you once you acquire a business number from them. Obviously, shipping in the U.S., you already have an EIN number if you have a business, so that doesn't pertain here. But uh, identify the goods that you're shipping. Um, you should have as much info on the items that are in your trailer or on your trailer as possible. Um, you you want to have descriptive literature. You want to have product composition details and product samples. You want to have all these things. And so why does that matter? Um, it will help tremendously uh, when it comes to determine tariff classification. And we'll get into that a little more as well. Um, and again, you wanna hire a customs broker for the majority of this stuff, right? Uh, so when you're importing or exporting a shipment over the border, hiring a customs broker, like we already talked about, is huge. That's a, such an important thing. Um, if, you're, if you're shipping to Canada, you wanna find a Canadian broker that already has all that stuff kinda ironed out, they know what you need and they know how that process works. And then once you've hired a broker, they act, they act as a transactional agent between you and the shipper, right? And so just, just like we do here in America, it's the same concept, right? But just a lot more intricate details to it um, that are required due to customs and tariffs and all of those things. And so here's here's everything that a broker will take care of your behalf on your behalf for that stuff, right? So they obtain the release of the shipment, they pay any applied duties, they gather, prepare, and transmit the necessary documents or data to whoever they need to go to. They maintain the records, and like we already talked about, they respond to any customs concerns after payment. Um, but for those, if you feel comfortable doing all this stuff by yourself, then you can do that, but um, you do so at your own risk, right? And so a customs broker, they know the industry, they know what needs to happen. Um, you wanna find a reputable one. You don't wanna find you know, some some Joe Blow off the street, you wanna find a reputable 3PL broker or something like that that specializes in international trucking and cross-border freight, right? So um, customs brokers are super important in this in this whole whole thing 
um, it, it's super important. I can't stress that enough how you need a customs broker. If you're just getting started in international trucking and in an international freight, you need to find you a good customs broker. Next is uh, you're going to determine the country of origin for the goods you're shipping. Um, so where did they come from? Where did your goods originate? Where were they made? Uh, this is not necessarily the country from which the product was shipped to you. It's where they are made. Um, it, it can also include individual parts of the product and where they're from, as well as the final is where the final assembly of the product took place. Uh, this is extremely, extremely important for documentation, and it's going to apply to tariffs and stuff like that that we're going to get into here in just a second. But it's it's extremely important that you have all of that. Your where did your goods originate? Next step, you want to verify that your shipment isn't subject or is subject to any permits, restrictions, or regulations. So what does that mean? Uh, U.S. and Canada both have a giant list of items that are not allowed to enter their countries, right? And so if they are allowed, you know, different things, different products require different permits or different regulations, that, that type of thing. Uh, so you want to double check those regulations um, if, any of, if any of the goods that you're hauling fall in to any of those categories. If you're shipping to the United States, say if you're coming from Canada back to the United States hauling a load, um, the CBP is, is kind of who you would reference for that. They have a giant list of resources on their website. We'll link that in the description below as well. Um, they're very particular about what can and what cannot enter the United States. Um, in short, they prevent anything that could harm public safety or national interests, but there are, they have a, a giant list Right, so um, and we'll we'll link all that in uh, in the description below. Um, but some of the things that the CBP does have very very strict rules on. We'll just go through this list here: agricultural commodities, arms, ammunition, and radioactive materials, consumer products, electronics, food, drugs, cosmetics, and medical devices, conflict diamonds, gold, silver, currency stamps, pesticides, toxic and hazardous substances textiles, wool and fur products, and wildlife and pets. So there's over 40 items that are prohibited or require permits. Um, like I said, CBP monitors all that. That resource will be in the description below, but there's a, a ton of resources on that and a ton of restrictions uh, naturally. So uh, and if you're shipping to Canada from the United States, let's just go through a list here. Um, so the United States has CBP. Canada has the CBSA. <laughs> Tons of acronyms, I know, but um, yeah, that's government stuff, right? Uh, so fun. But it's responsible for enforcing regulations of many government departments within Canada. Um, but there's a list of, of restricted items as well for them. So ag products, life animals or animal products, plants, seeds, and forestry products, consumer goods, dangerous goods, energy exports or imports, goods subject to anti-dumping or countervailing duties, cultural property, uh, drug and health products, firearms, weapons, and military goods, vehicles and automotive products, information and communications technologies, minerals and metals, textiles and clothing. So there's restrictions on all of these things and different regulations that they have specific to these things. And there's clearances and all kinds of stuff that you'll need to get approved for. Um, now for the CBSA regulations, and we'll link this in the description too, it's uh, on the Government of Canada's website. You can find out what kind of documentation and permits you need from there as well. Step two, you need to classify the goods, right? So once you know that the goods that you're hauling can be imported to the U.S. or Canada, um, you need to figure out the tariff classification number. Um, and most of this stuff is stuff that a broker will do for you. Um, so this is why it's important to have a broker, right? Um, 
so a tariff classification number, um, so the country of or origin combined with these numbers that will help determine the cost of the duties that you will pay when you import these products. Um, keep in mind your broker obviously will help with this step like we've already talked about. United States and Canada both work off of the harmonized system. So you'll often hear the term HS code when you're referring to a classification number when it comes to tariff classifications. Um, if not through your broker, if you can find tariff classification numbers on the harmonized tariff schedule search, and I'll link that in the description for you too. At three, you gotta estimate the duties, and we're gonna get into what duties are and how those are handled. And this is another step that your broker will more than likely be handling all the heavy lifting of, right? So, um, but let's get into this. Um, now that you found out your tariff classification number, right? You want to get an idea of the duties and taxes that are applied to that tariff classification number. Um, this is done a little differently in the U S and in Canada. Um, but you, you can estimate your duties. You go, so if you go to U S customs, um, on the harmonized tariff systems, they provide duty rates. Um, and so whatever your tariff classification number is, you can go look on that website and you can kind of estimate on what your duties or your costs would be for those, those tariffs that are applicable to what you're hauling. So it seems simple enough, but it's not. <laughs> um, the percentage is based on numerous factors, including the HS code, the value of the shipment, and trade agreements between different countries and nations. I know. Okay. So keep in mind, licensed professionals have spent years and years and years doing this. They know it. They know how to do it. They know how to calculate. They know how to do all of these things. Find you a licensed broker that specializes in customs, and it will make your life a whole lot easier. Something as small as the lining on your product could change everything. That's that's how it's obviously political. And so there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't make sense to it, right? So, um, but I'll link a resource in the in below. It says the US International Trade Commission tariff database kind of has some resources where you can calculate tariff fees and duties and stuff like that. And all, all this stuff will be linked in the descriptions below. But at the end of the day, find you a licensed custom broker. Um, so, You'll also want to determine if your products qualify for free or reduced duty rates under trade agreements. So the U.S. gives free or reduced duties to particular countries. And so that includes products from the Caribbean and Andean countries, products from certain sub-Saharan African countries, uh, most products from Israel, Jordan, Chile, Chile, and Singapore, any products grown, manufactured, or produced in Canada or Mexico under the NAFTA, um, and then products from U.S. territories, including Puerto Rico, U.S. Virgin Islands, and Guam. Uh, so there's other U.S. taxes and fees. There's federal taxes. There's state and local taxes. And then, you know, all goods are subject to those. But these are some things to keep in mind, obviously, too. And then shipping to Canada, you got to estimate your duties as well. Um, the cost of Canadian duties depend on the type of goods that you're importing and the country where they are made. Luckily, the CBSA created a duty calculator. So uh, America doesn't really have a duty calculator, but Canada does. But at the end of the day, like I said, a customs broker is going to solve a lot of these problems and headaches for you. Canadian imports, though, um, you're also going to determine the tariff treatment that applies to your shipment. 
similar to the reduced duty rates for the United States. Um, Canada has 18 different tariff treatments which serve to reduce duty rates under NAFTA. And it's um, they have general tariffs, they have Australia, they have New Zealand. So they have a ton of these and, and all of this stuff is gonna be listed below in the description. But um, it's similar to what happens in, a, in, in the US, but Canada has a different system that they use. Obviously, it's through the CBSA instead of, instead of America's. But to benefit from duty-free or reduced tariffs in either Canada or the US, the following must apply. The goods obviously have to be eligible, which means they're manufacturing performed in that country of origin that they have an agreement with. Um, you must provide proof of origin. And this is an important, important document we're gonna go into detail about later, obviously. Um, and then the commodity must be shipped directly from the beneficiary country with or without transshipment. Um, so there's goods and services taxes, there's provincial sales tax, there's harmonized sales tax, there's Quebec sales tax and retail sales tax. So there's a ton to estimate and there's a ton to keep track of. Um, and so just you, it's detail, very detail oriented, a lot of paperwork, a lot of documents, a lot of stuff that you can get into. There's a lot of opportunity in this, uh, but there is a ton of heavy lifting that comes with it uh, if you try to do it all yourself. And so that's why we recommend finding a customs broker or you know getting on with somebody that you can partner with in that way. All right, step four. Now you're ready to ship the goods, finally. Now that all the documents are done, all the tariffs, all the taxes, all the fees, and all those regulations have kind of fell into place, now you're ready to ship the stuff. Um, so. It's time to place order with your transportation provider. And then, so in this place, communication with your broker to pre-clear your shipment before it's even picked up. Um, if you're going to Canada, they're gonna electronically submit all your paperwork to the ACI before you arrive to the border. Um, and then if approved, all they need to do is provide a customs with PARS, which is a pre-arrival review system, an entry and ACI number at the border. And if you're going to the US, the carrier will electronically submit all paperwork to ACE. If approved, they're simply provide customs with a PAPS, a pre-arrival processing system, entry and ACE number at the border. Um, now keep in mind that if you choose to work with a bonded carrier, um, that they can enter the US or Canada from any service point. A non-bonded carrier will have to wait at the border until an entry number is received. So be sure to plan ahead, avoid any unexpected fees, make sure you're, you're working you know, with bonded brokers, with bonded carriers. It's gonna alleviate a lot of headaches in that regard. Right, step five, customs clearance. So you, you're shipping, you're at the border, um, you know, so, so this is another item that your customs broker is gonna handle as well, um, should you hire one. If not, you must have power of attorney to clear any shipments at, at the border, at customs. Um, so in to, to ensure a quick customs clearance, you gotta have the following prepared, and we're gonna go through this list. Get all required information over to your customs broker as soon as possible. Carefully prepare invoices in a clear, organized manner and ensure all the data is neat and legible. Generate invoices with detailed information as you would on a packing slip. The more detail, the better. Right, and so, and then the next one, mark and number each package for easy identification. Correspond marked and numbered packages with your invoice. On your invoice, provide detailed descriptions of each item contained in each package. Visibly display the country of origin. Work with your broker to develop packing standards for your shipment. They should have some sort of outline that you could follow that will 
help you create a process to make sure at border at customs it's not a huge issue and a huge hassle and then let's just move on here to the next uh, step six is record keeping uh, you want to keep records of everything um, so it's required that you have to keep records for a lot of things um, and you have to keep them for several years which is something that your broker will do if you're importing to the u.s you must maintain records for five years for Canadian imports, records must be available for six years following the shipment. So that includes all required documents, accounting info, all of that has to be re recorded. Um, and you can hold on to these in either digital or paper format. But if you hire a customs broker, like I said, they're, they're responsible for all the record keeping. All right, guys, segment three, kind of changing gears here. Uh, let's, talk, let's dive into the paperwork side of things. We've talked a little bit about what the broker will do and how they'll help you out and, and some tips on getting across the border smoothly, that type of thing, making sure you have everything in order. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the paperwork side of things. Number one is your bill of lading. So this document is issued to a carrier by the shipper, just like a normal bill of lading is here in the United States for normal loads. And it describes the, the goods being shipped. But for customs and international trucking and cross-border trucking, the BOL must contain the address where the shipment is getting picked up, the size and weight of the goods, and contact information of the shipper. This document should be signed by the shipper, the driver, and the receiver. Uh, number two, certificate of origin. This document identifies what location the freight originated from, and that's how customs duties are calculated at the border and what kind of fees are gonna be applicable there. Cross-border shippers are required to use this form to certify freight qualifies for preferential tariff treatment, right? So, uh, all right, number three, commercial invoice or Canada customs invoice. The commercial invoice serves a dual purpose. It enables you to collect your money and assist the importer in clearing the goods. So, but the invoice has to have all of these things. Vendor's full legal name, address, and country, consignee full name and address, detailed description of each item being shipped, net and gross weights, unit price of each item, extended price, payment currency, terms of delivery and terms of payment, and date on which goods began shipment, reference numbers, import license if applicable, and then freight charges and the insurance that are on that. Um, now again, your broker should have already checked all of this stuff off. If you have a customs broker, should have already checked all of this stuff off before you got to the border and you should have a pre-approval before you even get there. You give them your number and you go on through. Um, but these are the paperwork. We're just gonna go through it just like you didn't have a customs broker so you know what you need. Uh, number four is shipper's export declaration. So this document is required if goods are being exported from the US and uh, are controlled exports, right? Um, so you have to check the commerce control list to, to determine whether your goods fall under this classification. You can contact, you know, uh, there's a Bureau of Export Administration and I'll, I'll link that in the description below and that'll have that list of, uh, of the commerce control list, right? So, um, but the, uh, the requirements for the shipper's export declaration are it must be prepared in English it must be typed or written with a non-erasable ink, and the original must be signed by you or your customs broker should they have power of attorney on the load. All right, number five, next thing you're gonna to wanna to have when you get to the customs border is a packing list. Uh, if you're a better safe than sorry kind of person, you'll want to add, start adding packing slips um, to your cross-border cross cross document pile, um, and you're gonna have a pile. But 
So this is an optional document um, that simply documents the details of your shipment. Uh, so the packing list will need to include quantities, items, model numbers, dimensions, net gross weights, and the number types of units of material inside each carton or crate. Um, so the benefit, uh, it just helps your customs broker gain further information about your shipment, right? So if customs has any information or questions about your shipment at the border, that document will provide them with some quick answers. Uh, it helps to avoid any delays, right? Um, and help you get across the border a little faster. Um, number six, the sixth thing you'll need at the border, import permits. You wanna have this with you. If your goods fall into certain categories, you might need import permits. And that's something that you're gonna find on, uh, on the CP. CPB's importing into the US. And I'll link that document in the description as well. Number seven, seventh thing you're gonna to to have is your NAFTA certificate of origin. So under the North American Free Trade Agreement, items produced in particular countries are eligible for preferential tariff um, or reduced duties or reduced taxes. And uh, so, but to qualify, you have to have, you have to prove the origin of the shipment country and you have to provide that with a NAFTA certificate of origin. And I'll, I'll link, you know, like I said, we'll link all those uh, references below in the description about um, you know, where you can find all of this stuff at. Um, but the U.S.-Canada border, it's the largest international border in the world. Um, it spans 5,525 miles, and there's over 100 border crossings in, between the two countries. Uh, and we're going to link um, interactive maps below as well. That way you can look at different ports and find one that may be closest to you. But in short, the U.S.-Canada border touches each of the following locations. Washington State, Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota, Michigan, New York, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. And uh, so there's tons of tons of locations and ton of crossings. And then um, so we'll, we'll attach maps of both Canada and Mexico. So you'll have both of those for reference. All right, guys. So just some final tips in closing here. Um, one thing is your insurance. You want to make sure you have the right coverages. You want to make sure that cross-border trucking isn't an exclusion in your policy. As with some policies, it is an exclusion uh, for cargo, for physical damage, and auto liability. So you want to check all three and make sure that, that you are covered for going across the border and for international trade. So there's a ton of opportunity in cross-border trucking, but it can be complicated. So hopefully this has helped you out a little bit, made things a little bit simpler. Um, and it's not too convoluted. Um, but my, our recommendation obviously is find you a customs broker to help you get set up with a lot of that. Find you a 3PL provider that knows customs and knows maybe a certain freight that you're wanting to haul. Get those two things and your life is going to be a lot easier. There's just so much opportunity in this. Uh, but if you have any questions or, or concerns, uh, please shoot us an email, let us know, uh, and uh, we'd be more than happy to to explain something a little further to you or whatever it may be. Um, but all the resources that we talked about, they're going to be linked in the description below. And um, so that's all I got for you today, guys. Uh, so we thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll catch you next episode. Thanks, guys.